Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast. January 13th, 1996, was the last day that nine-year-old Amber Hagerman was seen alive. Just after 3 p.m. that Saturday afternoon, Amber was abducted in Arlington, Texas, while riding a pink bike that she had just received for Christmas. Witnesses reported seeing a man in a black pickup truck grab young Amber before driving away. Four days after her kidnapping, Amber's body was found. She was lying in a creek just four miles away from the site of her abduction. She had been brutally murdered. Almost 28 years later, the person responsible for the heinous crime has never been found. Amber's case shocked the country and ultimately led to the creation of the Amber Alert, a system used for broadcasting emergency alerts pertaining to missing and abducted children. John Bischoff is the vice president of the Missing Children's Division at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Today, he joins me to explain how the Amber Alert system works and why that tool is still so crucial for solving these cases to this day. Amber Alert as a whole, you know, it it was a system built out of tragedy. The Amber Alert system is named after a young girl, young nine-year-old girl named Amber Hagerman. And she was abducted while riding her bicycle out in Arlington, Texas, back in 1996. Uh, And that's really where the story starts for Amber Alert. Uh, She went missing. Uh, The community police responded. Uh, Her bike was found a short while later, and she was found um, a short while later, uh, unfortunately murdered. Uh, And there was a, a large community uproar. Uh, as to, uh, you know, this this poor young child uh, out riding her bicycle, just enjoying life as a nine-year-old and have it tragically uh, taken away uh, quickly was uh, was just a tragic event for, uh, for her, the family, and certainly the community as well. Uh, her case is, is still open, uh, and, uh, you know, law enforcement still, uh, you know, still working on, on her, on solving her case. Now, after law enforcement found her, uh, a citizen stepped forward and just came up with a with an amazing uh, idea. And initially, it was uh, by engaging the broadcasters in the local area to send out alerts when a child is missing. Kind of revolutionary, you know. We look back on that, especially in today's world with the internet and with social media. And we look back on that, but you got to remember it was 1996. Uh, you know, the the internet was just coming on board as a thing, and, and communication and uh, collaboration online was was just really starting to pick up at that time. So, the Broadcasters Association in the Arlington, Texas area, looked at the proposal and said, "You know, that's not a bad idea." 
Uh, and they started to do that. They started to uh, work with law enforcement to be a distributor for missing child alerts and get communication out to the community much more quickly. As time went on, uh, the idea, the concept of, you know, engaging with the community through this way. Now, let's face it, uh, you know, community engagement, we still very much rely on the community today for all missing child cases. Uh, that's one of the that's the reason why we put posters out there of missing children. You're, you're looking for someone to see the poster that we have out there, recognize something and do something about it. Uh, Amber Alerts, a powerful tool, a powerful resource. And a lot of neighboring states and states across the United States took note of what was happening in Texas and started to develop their own plans, uh, started to develop their own um, Amber Alert plans. And Amber Alert as a whole really came into play in 2003 underneath the PROTECT Act, um, where there was some Department of Justice guidance put out there uh, for states to kind of adapt or utilize however they see fit. Now, bear in mind, states states are sovereign. States have the ability to make up their own rules, to uh, put their own guidance out there. So the Department of Justice, very well aware of this, um, put out federal guidance on the Amber Alert system to kind of give a, a pathway for the Amber Alert system uh, and for the utilization of Amber Alerts. And the DOJ recommended criteria, it could be found online. But what the DOJ put out there is, there's reasonable belief by law enforcement that an abduction has occurred, that law enforcement, the law enforcement agency believes the child is in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. Uh, there's enough descriptive information about the victim and the abduction for law enforcement to issue an Amber Alert. The abduction is of a child age 17 years or younger, and the child's already entered into the National Crime Information Center. And that was the criteria DOJ Put out there. Now, states taking this recommended criteria can add to it, can modify it, can work it into their plan. But what DOJ was really trying to do was this is a new powerful tool. It's starting to be used by a lot of different states, recognizing that it is an important tool and the resources is very valuable. Uh, putting out this criteria just to kind of get everyone on the same page of, of some of how to utilize this new tool. Uh, and states did just that, right? They have their own plan. Uh, there's actually 82 Amber Alert plans in the United States today because missing children aren't really confounded by borders. Uh, so if states are very close to a border with another state, they have a plan with, if it's a, certainly a city center, Kansas City comes to mind, to where they can notify the community that a child is missing uh, very, very quickly. Now, the Amber Alert itself, the whole program of Amber Alerts, really expanding over time, right? Uh, new resources, new ways to engage with the community, uh, highway signs, Department of Transportation, emergency alert systems, lottery systems. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk about wireless emergency alert systems in a little bit, the ones that make your, your cell phone go off. Um, but all of this stuff was ramping up in the early 2000s. States were getting, uh, you know, more aggressive with Amber Alerts uh, since that time, since, uh, you know, we started tracking stats as the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. We have a role in this, too. Uh, we assist with what's known as secondary distribution. So when a child goes missing, 
local law enforcement reaches out to their state clearinghouse, and, and most often the state clearinghouse is, is within the state police, and says, hey, we have a missing child, and here's what's going on. Does this case meet the criteria or exceed the criteria for an Amber Alert? And keep in mind, Amber Alert is a tool. So if law enforcement believes it's going to assist their investigation, they're going to try and use it. If it's not going to assist their investigation, they may not use it. That's why we don't see a, an Amber Alert for every single missing child case out there. It's a law enforcement decision. They discuss things with their state clearinghouse, with the, with the state police, and, and if they want to push for an Amber Alert, does it meet the criteria? If the state agrees and says, this meets the criteria, we're going to activate an Amber Alert on this, uh, on this missing child investigation, they will activate the Amber Alert. Now, they're the, the decision makers to activate the Amber Alert or not. They send it out to their broadcasters. They send it out to their... Uh, Department of Transportation highway signs. They send it out to the lottery machines and, and any other relationship that they've built out within their state. They also send it to us here at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. We take that information and we do what's known as secondary distribution. We take that information, we make it go even farther through online social media, through uh, different national partners that we have um, who can localize it to that specific region, to that state, uh, highway signs, commercial highway signs, truck stop industry, uh, and all these different relationships that we've built over the past, say, you know, well, we've been around for 40 years, but since we've been involved with Amber Alert since 2005. And we do that with, uh, with every Amber Alert that we receive. We also have the ability to activate wireless emergency alerts, uh, or WIA, uh, which is what makes your cell phone uh, go off. Now, speaking about wireless emergency alerts for, for a quick minute, wireless emergency alerts with, with cell phones coming on board, you know, certainly, uh, you know, stronger uh, since, you know, the late 1990s and nowadays everyone having one. Uh, it was it was a big push in the around 2010, 2011 to get alerts to go to cell phones. Uh, and that happened in early 2012 is when we sent the first uh, wireless emergency alert to a cell phone in Minnesota was the first one. Since that time, individuals could sign up for text messages to be sent to their cell phones. They could do it through their, their providers. They could do it even back then with America Online and AOL. You could sign up for your zip code to receive Amber Alerts. And it was a proactive step the community needed to do. Now, we never had identified a successful recovery because of a text message being sent in the early to mid-2000s linking that text message to the recovery of a child. We believed it helped. It was certainly an avenue. It was worthwhile to engage with the community that way, but we never had a, a successful recovery from an opt-in cellular text message. So fast forward to 2012, uh, wireless emergency alerts come in, which is an opt-out feature. It's automatically turned on on your cell phone. Uh, you, of course, have the option to opt out. We hope you don't, uh, but it is an opt-out feature on your phone, so you'll automatically receive it. In 2012, it took us two months to have a missing child in Minnesota where a wireless emergency alert was the direct result to saving that child. 
uh, a individual in their living room of all places receives alert on their cell phone, looks across the street, identifies the car that's listed in the alert and calls police and, and the police department responded uh, and recovered the child safely. Since that time, since 2012, 149 wireless emergency alerts have been the direct result of a child being recovered, uh, which is absolutely amazing, right? I mean, uh, those, those are the stats that, uh, those are the outcomes that you want. Those are, that's the, the positive story that you, you want over time. Amber Alert as a whole, now keep in mind, we've been following Amber Alerts since, we've been tracking the stats on Amber Alerts since 2005. Uh, of which between 2005 and, and uh, today, we're up just over 4,600-ish Amber Alerts that have been delivered. Uh, they've been activated in the United States. 1,161 have been recovered. Children have been recovered as a direct result of that Amber Alert. Now, what does that mean, uh, direct result of that Amber Alert? We do a lot of work with the states, with the state clearinghouses, with the investigating agency, to figure out what worked in this recovery of this Amber Alert. Uh, and we, we do a lot of coordination, collaboration with the states to ensure that our data is correct and clean. What we're looking for with that number, 1,161 uh, direct results of, uh, of that Amber Alert being tied to that recovery, we're really looking for this person saw the Amber Alert, recognized something, and called it into law enforcement. Uh, that is a successful Amber Alert recovery. If we don't have that, it doesn't get counted in that stat. So we think that number is actually higher, but still 1,161 children safe today because of Amber Alerts uh, directly because of Amber Alerts is, is just an amazing uh, stat that, that we're overjoyed with. Uh, like I said, we think it could be, we think it probably is much higher, but uh, it's still a, a great stat on, on its own feet. We're going to take a quick break. More from our guest after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. That's all incredible. Even one child recovered Absolutely. makes it all worth it. And, you know, the, at the end of the day, the import of it, it's my understanding, is essentially it's, it's, it's to spread like wildfire, to pass as fast as possible information to the public so that they have their eyes peeled. Um, and also so that law enforcement knows, and, I, you know, a lot of cases that have been defining in our history are ones where a jurisdictional or a communication element is what prevented someone from knowing about it. So it's like all of all of these these either legislation or tools, um, they're put in place to ensure something never happens again, right? Or to ensure everyone knows about it. Um, and to that end, you know, something of note, you, you, you went through the federal guidance and that child abduction flag in the system, in the National Crime Information Center system, like that's, that's an example where any member of law enforcement, anyone who has access to that NCIC system sees that flag and immediately understands the gravity and um, the urgency I would say. And, you know, again, it all goes back to Amber Hagerman 
And one of the detectives in the Arlington area, and you know, what's sort of interesting is I, I, what I can't figure out is whether he said this in 1996 or recently. Um, but he talked about the fact that, you know, you, you don't, you don't undergo that, that the severity of the crime and the horrific manner of her death, the, the cuts to her throat and her body found just four miles away without someone seeing it. And we know that people at the time had reports of that specific black truck. We had a description of it, a description of the male perp who was driving it. Um, and the whole point was, well, what's the system to get everyone to know? And also for everyone who sees it to then report it. And when you have a vehicle involved, it always reminds me of Mark Class, Polly Class's father, who said your child can disappear at a rate of 60 miles per hour. And realistically, it's it's much faster than that. So getting the Amber Alert system, that ingenious idea, getting it set up, having the states implement their own methodologies of it, having it all work together in a patchwork system, that will hopefully ensure that those amorphous state lines that are crossed, you know, all of that has no has no impact negatively on getting the word out for when these kids are in danger and they are in these kinds of vehicles or these kinds of situations. You're absolutely correct. You know, it's it's unfortunate, and I'm you know certainly familiar with Polly's uh, case as well. The uh, uh, a lot of the major changes that take place are born out of tragedy. Uh, and just for, for exactly what you just described, to make sure everyone knows that a child is missing. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, we're on our 40th year, right? Uh, 2024 is our 40th year uh, in, in assisting law enforcement and families with missing child cases. And if you go back to one of our founders, John Walsh, uh, when his, his, he and his wife Reve when their son Adam went missing. And if you ever hear Reve speak about it, it's absolutely heartbreaking. She's a, an amazing and strong woman. Uh, and I love speaking with her because she's she just so passionate about the work that's being done today to help children. But when you go back to their case and they were, they were operating out of their garage down in Florida and putting up their own posters to let the community know that their son Adam was missing. And John would travel to surrounding communities and surrounding police departments and they had no idea that a child was missing just one community over. And it was heartbreaking, right? It's heartbreaking to hear them explain that story. And when they would walk into a police station thinking they're going to be greeted with, oh, you're, you're Adam's parents. Yeah, give me flyers. And they had to tell their story over and over again that their son is missing. Can you help us get these flyers out and have your police department look out for our son? John and Reve fought. To have this center, this national clearinghouse built and launched underneath the, the Reagan administration in, uh, in 1984. And that's one of our found, you know, one of our foundational blocks is that ensuring everyone knows when a child goes missing. Uh, that's why you, we constantly promote, you know, look at our posters and keeping posters out and figure out new and innovative ways to get our posters into the community. The Amber Alert system was the same thing. It was built out of tragedy. Uh, and then it, it just really pushed for that new and innovative way to engage with the community as best as the systems could, as law enforcement could, as we could. And it's been growing over time. And and one thing that Amber, the, the Amber Alert system, you know, starting back with Amber Hagerman, the one thing that it really inspired, this is not just a United States or, or an Arlington, Texas format, certainly started in Arlington, Texas, 
we've certainly promoted it across the United States where every state has a plan. Uh, every state and territory, Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands has uh, plans as well. But there are nearly 35 countries around the world who have similar plans based on learning from what we did here in the United States. Most recently, just this past summer, Serbia launched a plan uh, to activate uh, when, when a, a child is critically missing in their, in their country. Uh, and, and it just continues to grow. Uh, it, this is not just an issue here in the United States. Uh, community engagement is a, a worldwide issue uh, and it's only getting better by the day. Uh, and unfortunately, like I said, it's all built out of tragedy and we remember where that tragedy came from. We remember where that pain is from and we know we have to do better. We know we have to work to, to engage with the community as effectively as we can and ensure that information is getting out in front of the right set of eyes. Because honestly, when a child is missing, someone knows something. Uh, someone has information as to that child's whereabouts. We got to find that person. We got to learn that information. We have to find that child. Uh, and, you know, time is of the essence. Uh, and Amber Alert helps us reach the community much more quickly. And finally, John, as vice president of, of the Missing Children's Division at NICMIC, can you just tell us, as we've talked about the Amber Alert system, you've mentioned now as, it, as it's is spreading globally, but talk to us maybe about a challenge that you are facing right now or what you are hoping um, to pass in the coming months. Tell us about the current landscape for you and your role, what you would like to see, what change affected or what regulations set somehow, you know, what don't we know that you are working for at this moment? So what we're working for is always the next best technology to uh, meet the public where they are, uh, you know, social media, uh, you know, different internet channels. How do we get our information out? You know, we're, we're partnering with a bunch of, uh, uh, you know, vehicle charging stations, we, you know, where people congregate, how we can best uh, engage with the public community. We're also keeping a very close eye on different types of alerts that are also starting up. You know, California recently launched the Ebony Alert, and many other states are, are looking at different styles of alerts with different criteria to engage with the community. Now, here at, at NICMIC, at the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, we, we welcome any resources devoted to finding missing children. Increased awareness for, for the, the missing can play a direct and crucial role in locating them quickly and safely. Uh, so we're keeping an eye on all these different types of alerts that are, are being discussed at various levels of government uh, and looking at how we can utilize those with law enforcement to find children quickly, safely, and get them back to where they need to be. John, thank you so much. We're so grateful not only for your service and continued dedication um, to bringing missing children home, but also especially for your time today. Um, are there any closing thoughts you'd like to leave with listeners? You know, it's it's it really comes down to uh, community engagement is key. Uh, so when when any of your listeners are leaving a store or receive a notification on their cell phone, they pass by one of our posters, they pass by any poster of a missing child, just stop for a minute. Just give it a quick second. Look at that image of the missing child. You may not have encountered them up to that point, but you may encounter them tomorrow, right? It may spark something in your memory in the past, or it may recognize something in the future. You don't know where that's going to go. And honestly, all it takes is one set of eyes to be a hero. We've seen it time and time again. 
We know the community is is valuable, is engaging. Uh, we know community members have helped bring countless number of children home just by making the right step and calling it a tip or a lead. They can call it into law enforcement directly. They can call us at 1-800-THE-LOST. We'll be happy to take that information and ensure that it gets into the right law enforcement's hands to be followed up on and see if it does lead to the successful recovery of a child. Because at the end of the day, we just want kids safe. We want them home safe, where they need to be, living the best life they can as a child. As we, we hopefully all experienced, we want that for every child. It just takes one set of eyes to be that hero and community engagement is is really uh, you know, what helps us close so many cases, find resolution to so many cases, and put children back with families where they belong. That's um, right. You know, outside of that, I, I, I really appreciate uh, you know, the, the work that you're doing here. Anytime we can raise the flag as to uh, you know, the systems that are in place, the efforts that are being made, we appreciate it. If there was, you know, any as you're pulling this all together, if there is any gaps that you find where you know, we need to reconvene. We are at your disposal. These types of, um, uh, you know, programs are so valuable for us to keep the word out that children are missing. They need the public's help. They need help like this because someone listening to, to this show will undoubtedly go to our website, missingkids.org, search their local area for, a missing, for missing child posters. And who knows, they might no recognize something. Children are often missing in plain sight, and that one person may just see the right poster at the right time and make the right phone call, and that child's back safe where they need to be. That's right, and no tip to that point is too small. Nothing is too obvious. It's been reported that Amber had 7,000 tips, I believe it was, and yeah. yet as we know, the case is still open. So if you even have the slightest feeling or thought that you have something of value, um, report it. If you see absolutely. something, say something. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And you're 100% you're correct. Uh, any information is good information. Uh, it, it might not be valuable at this very minute in time, but who knows tomorrow. Uh, it may be pieced together with another tidbit of information to actually locate a child. And that's what's most important here. Exactly. John, thank you again. We're so grateful. Thank you. And we look forward to having you back in the future. Oh, I appreciate your help. Thank you so much. And, and if you need us, we're here for you. To hear more stories like this, you can listen to our past episodes on the Fox True Crime Podcast. Go to foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts to listen and subscribe. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. If you have a story or topic you want to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at truecrimepodcast at fox.com.